0: Hey everybody, how are y'all doing? I'm Michael, joined by Alex as always, and this is Fallen Through Plotholes, a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And this is part two of our series on Secret of Evermore. This episode, we're going to be covering the plot of the game. A previous episode, we covered the development. Uh, originally, this was all going to be one episode, but it ended up being a bit on the long side, hence why we split it into two. So we're gonna just kind of jump right on in there and talk about the plot. So we're just gonna go ahead and do that right now. Enjoy. So Secret of Evermore takes place in an unspecified year, uh, roughly about the 1990s. Let's say, let's say 1994 when the game came out. Okay. Now it opens with a sepia-toned version of a small town called Podunk. Uh, we see a movie theater with some people leaving, uh, you know, dogs chasing cats in the street and whatnot. And we find out that it's the year 1964. We then see the outside of a giant mansion with, basically, you have like these monolithic statues, very like, uh, very like a gothic looking. Mm-hmm. And you just hear the words of a scientist talking about a, an Grand experiment that is happening, and he's glad his, all his friends are there. But then, out of nowhere, something goes wrong, and a large explosion happens. We didn't fast-forward to 1994, and we see the same movie theater we've seen before. It's a little more run-down now. The streets are cracked. Uh, there's mice and stuff around. It's It's not looking as nice, right? There's skateboarders, mm-hmm. those hooligans.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And we see our main character leave the movie theater with his dog... Because this is a cool-ass
1: movie theater that allows dogs. Sure. You know, dogs love a good movie.
0: Yes, they do. Apparently this dog does. And so we meet our main character, the boy, who you can name whatever you want, Mm. and the dog. This is how they're going to be referred to throughout this. So Uh strap in, I guess. So the boy is a blonde-haired man who, let's just say he's, I don't know, 25. Sure. uh, Wears a vest over a white shirt with jeans. And... Basically, his big thing is that he just basically spouts... He's, like, very adventurous, outgoing. He is not phased by a single thing in the world. Mm. And he quotes basically bad B-movies B all the time. Uh, now, he... All these B-movie quotes are completely fake, by the way. Mm. Uh, here we go. Yeah, like, for instance, once when um, he nearly gets sucked into a sand pit, he says, like like Jack McCoy said, Invasion of the Mole People... Stay focused and watch your step. All right. This is like the big fight scene in dirt, swords, sweat, and togas and stuff like that. Wow. Or one final one. This looks like the PZS plasma driving when cosmonauts collide. So basically, there's just a lot of like these incredibly fake like lines that are just like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And like some of these movies do sound fantastic. Like I want to watch Mars Needs Lumberjacks.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so as a quick tangent uh there is a game developed by don't nod studios published by square Mm -hmm. uh, called life is strange hell of a game hell of a game wild game uh the reason i bring up this game is there is a moment in the game where the main character max caulfield uh, says that she does not care what anyone thinks. Final Fantasy Spirits Within is one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made.
0: You have to give the full quote where she talked about how that TV is a tasty plasma.
1: I don't have to talk about that. No one has <laughs> to talk about that. Anyway, hey, did you guys know that French people absolutely know how American teenagers talk? Regardless. <laughs> um The reason I bring this up is because I'm realizing now that obviously Sclair wanted to reference one of their lesser-known properties, and this was a huge missed opportunity. She should have been talking about this game, mm-hmm. because the main character of this game sounds like the kind of character she would never shut up about.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Max Caulfield would not be able to stop Just about how Life is straight not Life is Strange, Secret of Evermore is just great.
1: Yeah, just brilliant, brilliant character writing, mm-hmm. that Secret of Evermore. Yep,
0: yep. That's another thing about Square. They didn't if it's not Final Fantasy, they rarely ever reference their like old games. It's They're, so weird. It really is weird. Every other Japanese company definitely does. Not them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's weird because their other games reference Final Fantasy. Yeah. Constantly. If
0: it's not Final Fantasy, it's not worth mentioning to them, I guess. Apparently. Yeah.
1: And if it's not Final Fantasy, find a way to put Final Fantasy in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Pretty much. Alright. So, back with the boy and his dog. Mm. Uh, The dog, by the way, is basically just like a small gray terrier. Okay. And um, Good. He immediately sees a cat and decides to chase it. And sure. so, the boy chases after them, and they get to the mansion that we saw in the earlier flashback. Mm-hmm. Now, the mansion here is, like, completely run down at this point. Like, the statues are toppled over, glass is broken and whatnot. And they run in, and they see that there's this giant, like, machine that, like, has, like, giant, like, cathode tubes, like, hooked up to it, like, vacuum tubes and whatnot hooked up mm-hmm. to it, and, like, wires going everywhere. You know, once again, there's a B-movie reference here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, his dog comes over and, like, like tur- chews on some wires, and that just turns on the machine. Like, fans start twirling, like, electricity is, like, arcing everywhere, and then all of a sudden, the dog gets shocked, the boy gets shocked, and they get transported to a mysterious world. So the boy wakes up uh, just on a space station when a butler comes by, a butler who is like tall and thin, yet somehow still has a gut to him with mm. a bald hair, bald head, and a red pointy beard and a monocle for the eye. This is a robot butler by the name of Carl Tron. <laughs> now he goes like, oh, th- this boy's here. This cannot do. I need to get him out of here. And so, as he's basically... So, like, the boy wakes up, and he's like, where where am I? And carl Tron's like, no time. You need to come with me. We need to get you out of here. And so, as he's leaving, a scientist by the name of Dr. Ruffelberg, uh, he, like, walks up. He basically is a guy who looks like a short version of Albert Einstein. It's mm. like, oh, hey, do we have a guest? And Carltron's like, oh, no, no, we don't. Don't worry about it. So, he directs the boy into a room. He's like, just wait here. And so... The boy's like, all right, cool. Unfortunately, killer robots then show up. Ah! <laughs> Thankfully, the boy is able to find a, a rocket launcher, or a bazooka, I should say. Is able to destroy them, and then he like ends up like in, stumbling into an escape pod. He finds that his dogs in there, and then they end up like taking off in a escape pod, and they fall from the space station down to the planet below. This planet that we later learn is known as Evermore. So upon crash landing, they find that they're in like a large prehistoric jungle, mm. and so like the boy doesn't know where his dog is, but then his dog ends up showing up, and he's like just this giant hulking beast. <laughs> oh, yeah, like basically like kind of like this like kind of like horrifying, like very very sharp things and whatnot. But he seems friendly, and at first like the boy's like, "Are you are you my dog?" And like the dog barks. Is like, well, if you're my dog, you'll fetch this stick. So he throws the stick, and then the dog comes back with a bone, and he's like, well, good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, he's very Mm happy-go-lucky. So they end up exploring the jungle, they get attacked by raptors, and Mm. Roy gets knocked out. Like, the dog rescues him, pulls him to a nearby village, and we find that this is a village that's occupied by prehistoric people. who talk in perfectly good English. Okay, of course. Now, they go like, oh, yeah, no, our village alchemist, a uh, man by the name of Strongheart, has gone missing, and the volcano is getting cold for some reason. We don't know why. The dinosaurs are acting up. It's real crazy. And, he's, and he's, the boy's like, well, I, I just kind of want to get home. And they're like, oh, well, our leader, FireEyes, will be able to help you. So they take him to the leader's hut, and they immediately summon FireEyes by basically just chanting her name. So Fire Eyes eventually gets like upset, and Lee's like, what are you people talking about? And we find out that Fire Eyes is a, like, ten-year-old girl who's dressed in a red dress with glasses. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, hi! You are very clearly not from around here. No, come on in. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. So we find out that her name is Elizabeth Ruffelberg. She is the granddaughter of Professor Ruffelberg. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that she's from Poduck as well. So... The mansion that apparently the boy entered was her grandfather's, and 30 years ago there was a big experiment that unfortunately went wrong, and she got stuck here. And she's been here for 30 years now.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And Um, has not aged?
0: She has not aged, but it seems to be implied that basically the world is just in complete stasis. Oh, okay. Yeah, so nobody ages. Uh Uh-huh. people don't, she doesn't. It just remains as is. Okay. And so... We find out that Elizabeth was like, yeah, the machine was supposed to, like, basically make our dreams come true, and I was really into dinosaurs and, like, archaeology and whatnot, so I got sent here, and, yeah, it's been pretty great, but, yeah, all of a sudden the volcano's cooling and things are going crazy, so if you can help me find my alchemist friend Strongheart, maybe we can find a way to get you home. So, uh the boy does that. He rescues strong heart and whatnot. He also learns how to do alchemy as well, because in this world, alchemy is just a thing. Right, sure. You can literally just mix clay and water and you could actually it's kind of funny because like one of the, the first like thing that like uh Fire Eyes like teaches you is like how to do the spell called Flash. Mm. When you mix like oil and wax and like you could basically cause like a fireball to happen. Okay. Which seems kind of fantastical, sure. Mm-hmm. The second alchemy spell you will learn is hardball, which is like if you get clay and you put water in it and you throw it at a person, it probably hurts. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not alchemy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like just you mix things and then it be I don't know, becomes yeah. a weapon.
0: Yeah, right? It, it's, it's very funny to me that it's just like, I don't know, just throw this rock at a person. Yeah. You, you throw a rock hard enough, it becomes alchemy. Yeah, a lot of the alchemy spells are very interesting because, like, it it could be everything from like, yeah, you could throw a fireball or summon lightning, mm-hmm. to like, what if you just summoned a swarm of bees? Or, sure. Yeah. Right. Or acid rain, or a giant hand just falls and crushes a person.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, the classic alchemy.
0: Yeah, the most classic alchemy. Yeah, the alchemy spells in this game are really, really cool. Uh, there's no elements that are associated with them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it's just more like you get a stronger one, so you should use that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. But still, it's kind of cool. So, uh, the boy goes to this play called the Bug Muck to find Strongheart, and after fighting through it, ends up fighting like this giant, like very, very horrifying and very difficult first boss. That's like a giant bug with an exposed exoskeleton that's kind of horrifying looking. Hmm. Yeah, on the they put that thing on the box art for the reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and like after basically literally crawling inside of it and destroying its heart, uh, you find Strongheart who's like, "Wow, you're pretty great." Yeah. Uh, I've also been investigating the volcano. It's really weird. Anyways, you just go back and talk with the uh, Eyes and whatnot. And so you go back and talk with her. She's like, "Yeah. Uh, I think if we can get you into the center of volcano, there's probably a way to get you home." She's basing this off of nothing. Right. Yeah. We also learned that she basically has magic powers. Like she's called Fire Eyes because she's just basically a really great alchemy user and whatnot, as she uh-huh. will demonstrate for you. Um, in fact, you can find these things called Colby's that could just like summon her to your place. And she's just like, here you go, have a fire wave. <laughs> but, but yeah, you end up going north, you fight more um, dinosaurs. You find out a basically a dinosaur gang called the Vipers are teaming up with somebody to basically try to cool the
1: world and more or less cause an ice age.
0: Oh. And, yeah.
1: Wouldn't dinosaurs really not want that?
0: you think so, but, I mean, these vipers aren't very smart,
1: I guess. I guess.
0: So, she eventually, you end up, um, you end up, like, in a, a swamp and meet, like, this basically, like, swamp man by the name of Blimp. There's a really cool guy who's just, like, also just has a human heart on him for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, after he basically, like, teaches you, like, how to, like, lift rocks like using magic you eventually end up in the volcano uh, you make your way to the center of the volcano and you you discover first off oh the vo- volcano is actually powered by like a machine with like pipes and whatnot so like there's like a weird thing where like this world is kind of made like whole cloth the second people enter it but there's still like machines actually like running the actual underpinnings of the world mm-hmm. which is going to be a very consistent thing throughout all the worlds in this game right um uh, so like that was like kind of like a really good bit of mystery like running into this thing and being like, oh huh. There's vowels and stuff. We also see that Fire Eyes is there. But now all of a sudden she's like incredibly angry and doesn't have her glasses anymore. And she's like, Oh hey, you're here? Oh, you want me to turn the heat up? Yeah, I'll gladly turn the heat up. Here's the magma monster. How about you deal with that? So you have to like fight like a giant magma monster and upon defeating it, she's like, Oh, okay, not hot enough for you? Fine. What if I just basically overload this machine and cause a volcano to erupt? How about that? And you're like, oh, that seems bad. And then the volcano erupts. Ah. Uh. Yeah. So you're basically
1: washed away into a river. Uh, <laughs> Wait, washed away by the eruption?
0: Yeah, the eruption launches you out the top of the volcano.
1: Okay, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah you land in a very convenient little like uh, raft that just happens to flow along. Really a giant leaf. Mm -hmm. With your dog. And then you all tumble over a waterfall. So, you end up waking up on a beach near basically a bunch of beach pirate ships. Dog is missing. And you find out you're in a town of Crustacea. Now, this is a place that's basically occupied by pirates, brutes, and other 'er ne'er-do-wells. Including literal mages. And basically... You're, you're told that, okay, there's, like, this really, really cool-ass town called Nobilia that's across the desert, and the person there can help you with anything. And so you're like, so the boy's like, okay, cool, I guess I'll just head off that way. Maybe my dog's there. I, at least I really, yep. really hope so. I wonder what's going on with him. So then you switch over to the dog, who turns out just somehow ended up, like, washing into the main palace of Nobilia. Okay, and, we also see that he's now transformed to something else. He's now more of, like, a greyhound at this point. Mm-hmm. And after, like, running into the palace, we find out that the ruler of the palace, uh, a an African-American man who you only see his, the, his back and whatnot, but he has, like, a nice robe on and everything, mm-hmm. he's talking to a mysterious face on the wall. He's like, yes, I... The people are not going to do anything here. I know we needed to, like, destabilize the world, but I can't do anything about it with the people if the people don't get, like, a sign. And the only way they're going to possibly get a sign is if the sacred dog comes and gives them, like, some sort of prophecy or whatnot. And honestly, what are the odds that a random dog is just going to just slide on in here? Cute random dog sliding on in there. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, all right, well, this is going to work. So, eventually the boy gets to town of Nobilia. Uh, Either you have to run through a desert that constantly drains your health and literally takes minutes to cross, mm. or you pay for like a thing called an omelet of an annihilation and then use a um, a skeleton, basically a skeleton who is in a rowboat who will row you across the desert.
1: <laughs> okay, that you know what? That's fun. I That's enjoy fun. that. Oh yeah, it's really fun. It's
0: also fun because if you name yourself a swear word, he he basically goes, "Huh? Name yourself a swear word? That's fine." By the way, this costs now three omelets of annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's fun. So, you eventually get there and you find, oh yeah, there's gonna be a big old celebration uh, into Town Square. They're gonna select the the sacred dog's gonna select a combatant for the arena. You know, you should show up for that. And so the boy goes and shows up to that, and while they're there, the, they're like, hey yeah, the dog's gonna select a combatant now. And of course the dog walks directly up to the boy. Right. And the boy's like, oh, I am... I'm not ready for this. And they go... And basically the people in the town go like, well, we are though, because this is going to be fun. So, you're basically thrown into a coliseum. A coliseum that actually has cameos from all the characters from Final Fantasy VI in it, which is fun. There you go. Yeah. And you get into a giant fight with basically a dude in a chariot. Um, Now, you manage to, like, beat him. You get awarded a sword like a nice sword for this and you're told by the ruler of nobilia well his his right hand man actually that hey you know we need to get these two ancient jewels called the diamond eyes they have incredible power and if you can get these for us i bet you we can send you home and so the boy goes i got no other leads so whatever i'm gonna go ahead and go do this
1: does he ask at all what they plan to do with those eyes of incredible power
0: Absolutely not. Cool. No, he's just like you. Seem like you're on the up and up. You threw me in the <laughs> arena and tried to get me killed. Yep. This will be fine. So you end up going to the to basically the west uh, side of uh, of uh, the of the land, and you run in. You either like stumble upon a archaeology camp or fall into a pit and then are dragged to an ar- uh, archaeology camp. That is run by a man by the name of Horace Highwater. So Horace is a, another uh, one of Professor Ruffelberg's friends who got trapped in the experiment. He's an African-American man who basically wears basically archaeology clothes, basically like mm-hmm. a khaki top and pants with like you right. know, a khaki hat. And he's like, yeah, no, like I really wanted a world where I could just basically study ancient Greece. And that's what I've been doing for the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you want to go home? Uh Yeah, sure, I can help direct you to the Diamond Eyes. Yeah, why not? Whatever. Uh, There's one in this pyramid that's over here, and there's one in this ancient Greek temple over here that's literally filled with minotaurs. Have fun! Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So you go, and you manage to somehow get both of those. Um, The Pyramid Dungeon is actually a lot of fun because you separate from the dog. You
1: have to do separate puzzles to, like, open doors for each other. Mm -hmm. It's actually really Mm -hmm.
0: good.
1: Yeah. Um, Sort of went on to become a mainstay, I feel like
0: kind of did, yeah. Yeah, and they, they did it er- more or less earlier than most other people. Mm-hmm. So you get all this, but when you get back to Horace's camp, you notice that, oh, he's not there. And so you start heading back to Nobilia. And then that's when the boy runs into Horace, except he's wearing green now. And he's like, hey, g- glad I could find you. You should give me the diamond eyes. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, here you go. Like, all right, cool. Here's my incredibly giant friends. They're going to beat you up now boy's like, well, oh, oh, you must be evil. I guess I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. So you find yep. him off. Sensing a pattern.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be a reoccurring pattern, as it turns out. So, uh you end up going back to Nobilia, and you find out. That, so in the center town, there's a giant statue, this giant stone statue of the sacred dog. Mm-hmm. And it turns out when you put the eyes into the statue, basically a giant machine explodes out of it that looks like a furnace. Mm-hmm. And um, it also ends up blowing up Fake Horse as well. So good, good job, Fake Horse. <laughs> so you end up having to fight this machine, and once you like defeat it, uh, it turns out there's an unstable power cord that's left behind. That uh, if left in town, will probably nuke it essentially. Right. So after getting a large man by the name of Tiny to just basically pick it up and throw it away, because as he says, "I'm tiny, I throw things."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh you basically end up saving the town. And Horace is like, wow, that was crazy. Anyways, um, I'm not going to question why I have a robotic duplicate. I am going to tell you that I know that all of a sudden the riverbed north of my camp dried up. Maybe if you follow it, you'll get somewhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all I got for you, kid. I'm sorry. (laughs) And so the boy goes, all right, well, I, I I literally have nothing better to do. I'm going to go do this. So you follow the riverbed north. You end up in basically these sewers that are filled, that are incredibly dark, and filled with these very fast-moving enemies called Oglins, who are basically like little toad people in like cloaks with spears mm, mm-hmm. who stab you a lot. It's it's a very bad dungeon. It's also a mm. teleporter dungeon. It's really oh bad. oh boy oh yay yeah. It's incredibly bad. You fight a kraken at the end of it, and once you defeat the kraken. You hear a voice above you that goes like, Oh, hey, you're stuck down there? Thanks for defeating that monster. I'm going to lower a bucket for you. Why don't you come on up? So you come on up and you find out that you're basically in, like, Renaissance land with, like, the Middle Ages. And, like, this man who rescues you is like, Hey, how's it going? Oh, uh, welcome to the Kingdom of Ivory Tower. Good to see you. And the boy's like, Oh, can you get my dog? He's like, Oh, yeah, sure. Lowers it down and wants to, like... You lift it back up. And you find that your dog's been changed again and is now mm-hmm. a poodle. Ah, yeah. So a boy's like, huh, this is like your weirdest form yet. Cool. Hey, let's just go explore Ivory Tower. I heard there's a queen there who could like maybe help us do things. Get home, maybe. I don't know. What are we here for again? Anyways, <laughs> so you find out that there's about to be another big festival that's going to involve things like pig races and whatnot. And you're like, oh, man, that'd be really cool. So, go ahead and check that out. But before you do that, you end up uh, stumbling onto a freak show. Like a, a little freak show. Mm-hmm. Like you pay a mission, you see freaks. Mm. And so the boy's like, oh, that'd be cool. I'll check this out. Unfortunately, the dog has to wait outside. And while you're waiting outside, the dog gets kidnapped. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, very easily, too, because the dog, like a band walks up and goes to the dog, like, hey, you're coming with me. And then like, the guy walks off and the dog goes, all right, sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> so inside, you basically see a bunch of like weird things. Like you see a guy who's only a head, who's like you know clearly just like in a box.
1: Uh huh.
0: You see a a, a, a famous unigot, who's just a goat with a unicorn horn <laughs> stuck to its head.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you also see that there's a terrible, horrible thing called Mongola. But when the curtain is revealed, Mongola's not there. And of course, oh no, you better watch out, kid. Might be around the corner. And then you get to the final attraction. And it turns out it's the legendary pig dog, which is just your dog with the pig nose stuck to it. Uh Uh-huh. And so the boy immediately recognizes the, um, the dog and is like, hey, how's it going, boy? And then the dog just runs off and the boy chases after him. Oh, uh, the freak show host, Carney, dude is like, mm, maybe I should have, maybe I should have said it was a dog that looks like a pig instead of a pig that looks like a dog. <laughs> and then we also see like Mongola flash behind him, and like, and he's like this horrifying-looking thing. So it's like, oh shit, he's actually real.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. We're probably gonna
0: fight him later, I bet. Yep. And so this is when the big pig race starts, and then the the dog runs in a pig race and wins, and everyone's like, man, that's a great pig. We're easy to trick. <laughs> And it turns out winning the pig race means you get to have an audience with the queen and the boy is stoked. Alright. So they end up going to Ivor Tower to meet with the queen and have a giant banquet. The dog is then immediately kidnapped again because he's going to be the main meal.
1: Okay, uh-huh.
0: Uh, they find out immediately that he's not a pig and they go well, I'm still gonna cook you and then the dog runs Oh. Around. Yeah, it escalates quickly. Okay, yeah. So the dog basically runs into a bunch of steam vents and like You get another better maze puzzle this time. Mm. A maze puzzle that if you screw up, you actually miss out on the strongest alchemy spell in the game. Oh. Yeah, it's one of those. Mm. It's fun. Uh, Yeah. And like all this time, like the boys like having like a banquet with the queen, who's like an incredibly, incredibly uh, uh, overweight woman, like in a blue dress, who's like really, really into the fact that everything is queen is clean. Like, mm. boy, my town's really clean, isn't it, boy? And you're like, yeah, it is, I guess. Boy, this food's really good. And she's like, yeah, it's really clean, isn't it? And I'm like, you're like, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you're, you're really obsessed with this, aren't you? So this queen is named Blue Garden. And we learned that she used to live in a place called Evan Keep, but then all of a sudden it was just like, this place is dirty, we need to move somewhere else. And he literally just built an entire town and castle out of whole cloth hmm so it's during this time the dog gets out of his tea vents runs onto the table knocks all the food over and the queen's like dogs are dirty it's your is that your dog you're like yes you're dirty you need to go to jail to <laughs> <laughs> so get thrown to jail so thankfully there's a hole that's dog size and the dog sneaks out breaks you out you have basically fight a bunch of monsters and you break out of the sewer and the second you break out of the sewer like, basically, when the guard shows up and goes, Oh, hey! Great! Queen wants to see you. Huh? Yeah! Okay. So turns out the Queen has a mission for you. It turns out in Keep, there's still a few people still living there, and she's like, Man, it really sucks that they're living in squalor. Can you go over there and convince them with violence to come <laughs> <move>
1: back here? <laughs> there it is.
0: <laughs> and the boy's like, Uh, what's in it for me? She's like, Oh, I'll get you home or something. I don't know. And the boy's like, "Got nothing better to do." <laughs> <laughs> and so you wander off. Uh, you go through a hedge maze. This section is really into mazes. Uh, yeah. It also has another very annoying enemy that only does one damage to you, but flies and you can't hit it, and knocks oh, it all over the no.
1: place. Oh, it's awful. Oh, that's the worst. No. It's the
0: worst. Yeah. So you eventually end up on a giant chessboard and have to beat like literally a living knight. Uh, that's called a footman because it's literally just a knight helmet like on top of a giant
1: foot. Okay. Yeah,
0: and after defeating it, you descend down into the um, into the depths of the chessboard. Uh, you see like a giant energy core, and the boy goes, "Huh, that seems bad. Probably not gonna be relevant, anyways." Mm-hmm. End up into a end up coming into a force that is a maze.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: a maze that at least has clear tells where it's like if you see um. If you see a gremlin uh, in the trees and you're going the right way, mm-hmm. and eventually, like you end up like fighting a like into like a clearing that has basically a bunch of rocks. Uh, one of the rocks transforms into you, and you basically have to fight a doppelganger. Mm. Yeah, which upon defeating you know, gets you a weapon and whatnot, and mm-hmm. and eventually you make your way to Eben Keep, which Eben Keep is once again completely empty, save for three people: Cecil from Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> okay. cecil's and this is really great because he's both the shopkeeper and innkeeper he's like oh. yeah after my adventures of final fantasy 4 i just kind of retired <laughs> what's really funny is like he asks you if you know about his adventures and he, you say that you don't he's like oh he charged you twice as much for he's <laughs> really petty about it <laughs> um but yeah like yeah so like uh he's there and then once you get into the actual um, actual castle and fight a giant rat, a giant rat that actually can cause a soft lock if you accidentally enter the room the wrong way, oh. which I have I have found. Mm. Uh, this is one of two soft locks in the game. Mm. Uh, you meet a queen in a dark blue dress that looks a lot more rundown, but looks otherwise looks exactly like Queen Blue Garden. So boys, like, oh Queen Blue Garden, she's like oh hi yeah do we know each other he's like oh yeah yeah no i i met you in the other castle you told me to come here and get people here but all i'd seen is you and a weird dude from another video game so <laughs> it seems really weird she's like oh that is my duplicate let me give you a story i was hanging out here with my husband the king when all of a sudden this lady shows up and is like i'm the actual queen hypnotizes my husband, causes everyone to move to his other town. And now, she sent me, you here, to kill me, but I think what we should do is go there and kill her. And the boy goes, yeah, this has been a reoccurring theme with, you know, weird duplicates, so... hmm Yeah, now I'm down.
1: Seems cromulent.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you end up meeting her, the one other person that's in the castle, a a literal tinkerer by the name of Tinker, Okay. Who's like, hey, yeah, I'm building a bunch of machines and whatnot and whatnot. I I know of a way to get into the castle. Uh we're going to use our brother, our brother, my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's basically friends with dragons. He's a weird guy, but don't worry about it. If you he's basically trying to build a tower to basically get to space, it's really stupid. Anyways. Uh-huh. Unlike my experiments to get them in the space, which are cool. <laughs> But if you go there, I bet you his dragon friends will help you get over there. So you go to this tower, you climb up it and you basically get into a giant fight with one of his dragons, which after you beat up the dragon, uh tinker's brother shows up and is like, "Oh, hi. How's it going?" "Oh yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, my dragon likes to try to murder people on occasion." Uh, you need to go and beat up a queen? Yeah, cool. I'm down. Anyways, let's go and do that. So you fly to Ivory Tower. You walk up to confront the queen and um you find... oh it should be noted early that you actually can meet like the the king as well. He's basically being mm-hmm. hypnotized by a puppet show. Hmm. Yeah. And I mentioned that because you go and you fight said puppet show. Uh-huh. Yeah. And upon defeating the puppets, you find Mongola. And you end up having to fight him in a surprisingly tough boss fight. Hmm. So upon defeating him, the queen, the fake queen shows up and is like, oh, alright. How about this? You think you could? You think you want to be a party crasher? Well, I'm gonna just jump on you. How about that? So she tries to do that. She completely belly flops and misses, crashes through the floor and explodes. And then, okay. like the boy's like, "Wow, that is really weird." Hey, there's a gear here. <laughs> Wait a second. I think she's a robot. Have these? Have you been fighting robots this entire time? That's when the king shows up, who's now not no longer brainwashed. Is like. Oh, she must have hit some things on the way down. The castle is collapsing. We need to leave. Mm. So you get out of the throne room. The throne room collapses. And like, like immediately like the king's like, wow. That was wild. I want to go back and see my wife. Also, all the townspeople have just immediately moved back to Keep. <laughs> just, uh, they just immediately went, huh, this is bad, and left. Mm. So you get back to Ebonkeek. And the Queen's like, man, you are the best. You should talk to Tinker. He's been trying to get to space. And I know my p- friend, Professor Ruffleberg is up there because I was also part of the experiment. And I was really into the idea of being royalty. That's why I'm in a medieval town.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, he's working on a rocket. You take that rocket and you go up to space, you could probably meet Professor Ruffleberg, And if there's anyone who can fix this problem, it's probably him. So you're like, all right, cool. So it turns out Tinker's made a flying machine at this time, and you have to basically go back to the previous areas to find uh, different things, um, such as the diamond eyes and uh, and like like steam valves and stuff, and in order to like help construct this machine, mm-hmm. this is where soft lock number two comes into play. Where if you try to land in the corner of the map, you basically land it. You land at a fire pit that mm-hmm. without your plane. Ah, good. Yeah, and he can immediately save your game if you want to, which I did Mm -hmm. as a kid. Right. I was very sad about that. Yeah. But, regardless of all that, you get all the stuff, you make the rocket, and Tigger goes, this is great! All right, climb into this rocket, I'm gonna put you in this cannon, we're gonna shoot you at the space station. And the boy's like, am I gonna die from this? And Tigger's like, no! Closes the door, maybe! Anyways! (laughs) You get launched out of the cannon. So, you land in the space station, known as Omnitopia. Uh, you basically, cleaner robots end up putting you into the trash bin, uh, you end up in a trash yard, and upon getting out of the your makeshift spacecraft, you find out your dog is now a robot.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, he's basically a flying toaster. Like, literally, he is a toaster.
1: Oh. Okay, I thought he was a robot dog, but okay, he's, he's a flying toaster.
0: I mean, he he has other robot features. Okay. Like he has a laser gun, for instance.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
0: Yeah. Um. So the dog throughout this game is incredibly, incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing 300 damage while you're doing 50. Uh, at this point in the game, they just say, what if he could just do 2000 damage? <laughs> and it's like a lot of bosses aren't going to do deal well with this. Are they? And the answer is nope. <laughs> so, you make your way through Omnitopia, basically de- deactivating traps and whatnot, having um, I mean, like avoiding carnivorous plants, doing a bunch of other stuff, and eventually you meet up Professor Ruffleberg. You're like, "Hey, you're that guy from earlier." He's like, "Hey, you're that boy from earlier." It's like, "Wow, that's cool. How's it going? Uh, y'all been stuck here for a while? That's weird." He's like, "Yeah, thirty years, man, trapped in simulation. Yeah, that's kind of kind of crazy." Anyways, I figured it all out. Turns out my uh, robotic butler, Caltron, uh, sabotaged the experiment, and stranded us here. Mm. And I guess over the course of 30 years, he's been slowly making robot duplicates of my friends and is trying to take control of Evermore. That sucks, right?
1: Right. Okay. That, yep. Okay. That tracks with everything so far. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. And he's like, but listen, your activities have forced him to a corner and he's retreating to the center of the space station. The problem is, it requires a teleporter that requires a lot of power. Remember that power core from Gothica, the last place mm-hmm. you're in? Don't ask me how I know this information. <laughs> Said Dr. Ruffelberg. I just do. You should go get that. So, you get into um, a spacecraft, you fly down there, grab that, come back up, and he goes, man, that's pretty rad. Here's a bunch of incredibly overpowered alchemy spells, like one that literally allows you to do powerful attacks every second. Mm-hmm. And... You probably should go and beat up Carltron. So you go back to the trash yard, you find a teleporter, you activate it, and you basically end up in a weird room that has basically a bunch of speakers and whatnot, playing loud music and deadly spiders. Uh. And Upon destroying all the speakers, a giant TV screen forms, um, and basically monsters just start pouring out of it. And you defeat more and more of them, you have to fight old bosses, And eventually, like, a giant, like, robot with a machine gun just shows up and just starts attacking you. Um, A robot with a machine gun that can only fire down, and it turns, and while he's at the top of the screen, it turns out the, um, accidentally forgot about some collision, and you can walk up above him and just shoot him to death. Oh. It's real unfortunate. It's real unfortunate, because it's it's a very tough fight otherwise. Hmm, yeah mm-hmm so you destroy that uh it destroys the tv screen and so Tron comes out and he has like a drill and he's like whatever man i can take you i'm a robot but then that's when ruffleberg shows up and it turns out he has a basically a switch on his back that just turns them off so he's just like Boop. okay yep he's like huh wow that was crazy anyways um yeah i guess you saved it and like the boy's like okay so you can send me back right And Ruffelberg's like, um, uh, maybe? But then all of a sudden, the world just starts to destabilize. It turns out, Carltron's evil influence has been keeping the world together. He was a load-bearing robot. And so cataclysms are breaking out across the planet, and the world's going to soon rip itself apart if they don't leave with all their friends. So... The boy returns to the surface to get uh, Elizabeth, who's like incredibly sad and like, "Oh no, strong heart, how can I leave you?" And like, it's like incredibly prolonged. While the boy's like, oh, the world's falling apart, man. We can't. Uh, get, you need to, you need to go." Eventually, strong heart's like, "You need to leave. The world's world's dying. World's dying." Mm-hmm. You get Horace, who's like, "Oh yeah, no, nah, I see bad things are happening. Let's go." <laughs> and then with Blue Garden, she's like oh, the world's ending? That sucks. We need to leave. And, like, her husband the king's like, oh, my dear, but what about me? And she's like, you can rule the world kingdom. See it. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> so they, they quickly get back, like, uh, they all get into the teleporters. Uh, the dog sees a cat and starts chasing it, so the boy runs off it after him. Rufflepurg's like, oh, we can't wait for him. Let's just turn the machine on. Let's get down out. And, like, you get back to the machine just as the world explodes. And you're teleported back to Podunk. Um, What everyone is teleported back to, um, basically Ruffleberg's mansion. And they're like, "Wow, that shit was crazy." I guess we're gonna have to like reintegrate into society now. I don't know how we're gonna do that, but no, oh, I really hope the boy made it out. And it turns out the boy did. Him and his dog end up teleporting in front of the movie theater, and they're like, "Wow, that is that was wild." And they, like they get up, dust themselves off, and. He looks at his dog and is like, "Huh, my well, boy, that was kind of crazy," and I wonder if this was all a dream. And he look up at the marquee on the movie theater. And they see the movie "Secret of Evermore" is showing. And the boy goes, "Well, if it wasn't a dream, it was pretty crazy. Anyways, seems like a fun movie. Let's go watch it." Now back with Ruffleberg and his friends, they contemplate what's going to happen to Evermore without them. Like, was it actually real to begin with? And in the credit scene, we see that actually the world's just fine. New leaders are elected, the world continues on as normal. And that's the end. Unless you wait five minutes afterwards. And then you see that Russell Ruffelberg's working on a new experiment. Carltron's back on. He's like, well, it's a good thing I made Carltron not evil again. Anyways, Carltron, don't do evil things. And then the game like basically like, like zooms in on Carltron He <laughs> gives an evil smile. And the end is replaced with the end question mark. Uh-huh. And that's Secret of Evermore.
1: Okay, so Evermore was a simulation?
0: It was a simulation, but apparently also a real place.
1: <laughs> and also a movie, maybe. Maybe.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a wild real, real revelation at the end to be like, uh-huh. No, apparently, Russell Ruffelberg either found a way to just teleport all of his friends to a planet that just had all their dreams,
1: mm-hmm. or he
0: literally can create planets.
1: Right. Yeah, and life on those planets. Mhm.
0: Yeah, where time I guess doesn't flow either.
1: Like it's, right. it's
0: actually really wild when you really think about it.
1: Cuz like they were physically in evermore. Mm-hmm. Like their their bodies weren't still in the mansion. They were but it doesn't seem like they were digitized or no. Like they were just swept away to a place Literally made yep, literally physically transported, okay, yeah um yeah i d- I don't know what that means, I don't either,
0: yeah, it's a there there's some really interesting concepts that are raised in this game that like you could definitely tell the story is you know decently ambitious for its size, mm-hmm. right, but um yeah it it's something that I don't know maybe if there was a sequel, some of that would have been answered or expanded upon.
1: Definitely mm-hmm. things you
0: could go with with this, you know. This is, yeah. this is an idea that maybe still has a little bit of legs to it, yeah. Which, uh, unfortunately, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that ain't gonna happen, but no, no, but yeah, yeah, There's a there's a lot of things, a lot of implications there of like, oh wow, yeah, reintegrating society. I, you know, I, all our family members are probably old now mm-hmm. <laughs> or dead, I guess, in the case of Horace, right? Like, yeah, it's, um. It's kind of a wild, kind of a wild thing. Yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, it's a game that doesn't really try to like dive too deeply into like those questions. It's just like, this is what it is, man.
1: Right. This this is the adventure. Get on.
0: Yeah, it's a very, it's like Jumanji in many ways. Mm -hmm. Like the world of Jumanji, like the actual, in the actual board game, It seems pretty darn crazy, but also immutable. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, like, and like, you know, like, outside of it, it's just kind of like, whatever. Like, there are some questions to, like, grapple with, which I guess they kind of do in that, but... Right. But yeah, it it has, like, kind of the same tone overall. Hmm. Which actually makes me wonder, when did Jumanji come out?
1: (laughs) Mid-90s, I feel like. 1995.
0: Okay, so we we can't say that this wasn't taking elements from it, just... Right. They had similar ideas. Mm-hmm. Which, good on them.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, listening to all of it, the main thing I walk away with is, okay, I I guess I know what a western bled JRPG uh, from the mid-'90s looks like now. Mm. And it looks like if Chrono Trigger was a LucasArts game.
0: Yeah, actually, kind of.
1: Like, this is, from a writing and story. And plot structure standpoint, this is like incredibly LucasArts esque.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It is, yeah, yeah, with the, like the way, of, like the cheesy B movie lines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, you could put Guybrush Reapwood in this, and absolutely, yeah, he would fit right in. Oh, man, yeah, I actually never really thought about that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, again, I mean, it makes sense if you're getting, like, young people right out of college who are fresh to the game industry. LucasArts Adventures are probably going to be, like, some of their main touchstones for, hmm. like, you know, what does the Western perspective of narrative adventure games look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, LucasArts games and Sierra games, primarily.
0: Yep. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, there's there's I can definitely see that influence. But yeah, all in all, I, I think it's like I said, I I don't think this game is this game definitely is not the sum of its parts. No like it's it's definitely less, but mm-hmm. it is an enjoyable romp for what it is. Like it's yeah it's a night, like I say, it's a nineties movie that you know you're you're not it's not gonna be particularly memorable unless you saw it as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it does yeah. what it needs to do. Alex, do you have any final thoughts before we before we wrap this up?
1: Yeah, not right? ri- No, not really. <laughs> it's like, yep, that certainly that is a video game. Mm-hmm. It also it it's a little bit earthboundish.
0: It kind of is, yeah. It kind of is, yeah. If nothing else, with just like the modern American setting, if nothing else, right?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just sort of an interesting like amalgam of these are the styles of things that were crossing the Western theater at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it, it's really funny that both Earthbound and this game came out roughly around the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: with that, Alex, I think this uh, this is actually almost a doubt game could be split into two episodes now. I did not mm. expect this. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be an hour long, and I messed up.
1: Yeah. It's you know, things get talked about things do. Inevitably.
0: They inevitably do. They inevitably do. But yeah. Thank you for joining me on this as always. Oh, of course. And for you, the viewer, who enjoy episodes like this, you should go to ftp.podbean.com or search for Fallen Through Plot Holes" on your podcast service of choice. Uh, leave a review and a follow. We definitely do appreciate the feedback. And with that, take care, everybody. Take
1: care.